On Costa Company, we're always trying to answer questions about modern Indian workplaces. Oftentimes, even before they become popular questions to ask. And today, that quest has taken me to a random stretch of road in HSR layout in Bangalore. I'm strolling around with my producer, Anushka Mukherjee, and HSR is a techie hotspot, I'm told. And it kind of looks like it. The place is full of startups and co-working spaces and tech companies. And why have we come all the way to the other side of the city, you might wonder? And that is to speak to some tech employees and ask them about their dream companies to work at. It's a Friday evening and everyone seems more relaxed than usual. We caught hold of people waiting for cabs or just drinking chai by the roadside. It was also drizzling, so some people we spoke to were just waiting for the rain to stop. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. One minute, we're doing like a survey, just two minutes. Are you working tech? Like if you are an engineer or a tech person in Bangalore, what would be like your dream companies to work at? So let's say like five, ten years, off the top of your head. Yeah. That's a long time, maybe in 5-10 years I would like to have something of my own. I mean, uh, I'm basically bred that way. I started my career working in startups, so I understand the ecosystem, I have a good network. And with startups, it's there's a, there's a bit of risks, there's a bit of uncertainty, a lot of hustle, kind of used to that. So. so you, do you have any? So it's like I'm also working in startups for the last 6 years, definitely maybe Five ten years down the line, I can think of joining a you know a Google or Microsoft or an Amazon or an Adobe. Adobe is also a product company, but maybe not right now because, as you said, that you know startups has a lot of hustle culture. You know, you get to learn a lot out of in startups, and then maybe with that experience, then you can go to a senior management role in a big tech company. Somewhere around Google or Apple, maybe. Google or Apple? Yeah. Why Google or Apple? Uh, because they have a proper structure and I'll get to learn so much from them. Like not any startups or anything? Uh, first, my target is to be at the big companies, then to move on to the startup as a head of product design, something like that. Okay, uh, from a startup point of view, I believe in profitability, right? Um, so, couple of them which you see are pretty big, Zerodha is one, Zoho is another. What is the second company? Zerodha. Zerodha and? Zoho. Oh, the SaaS platform. The SaaS, the SaaS platform. And anyone who has numbers on profitability, I pretty believe in that. After we got back from interviewing hordes of people, Anushka and I had reflected on this experience. Yeah, I was I was using all my stereotypes and biases to spot techies in the crowd. I was like, does this person look like they work in tech or in a startup? Are they wearing an ID card? Like, that was that was funny. Yeah, we were trying to understand the dream companies they want to work at, right? Like they're aspirational companies. But quite unsurprisingly, everyone said Zeroda and Cred and Razorpay and Google and Microsoft. Nothing, no creative new answers. Yeah, what do you expect? It It is Bangalore. And the number of people who mentioned hustle and the grind of working at startups. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, but don't you think uh, they were all like super aware of the state of the economy? Like they were mentioning 
funding winter and layoffs without us having to probe but they still want to work at startups totally totally it's like they said the word layoffs and then then in the same breath they were like ha google and microsoft are my dream companies to work at i mean it really is a bubble honestly it's common knowledge that startups and product companies are some of the most sought after places to work we didn't need to do a survey to know that but we were curious to see if the current economic climate had made a dent in the way people looked at the talent market big tech which was largely insulated from recession and layoffs is for the very first time in decades in the line of fire many startups are accepting a drastically lower valuation turns out nothing has really changed the way people look at the talent market still people believe startups feed your hunger to grow google and adobe are at the apex of innovation and they are i agree but what if i tell you there's another version of the story though it is one less told and far less popular there is a jobs boom happening but it's in a different part of the economy and driving this jobs boom are large and often overlooked sectors of the economy sectors that you wouldn't consider moving to in normal times sectors that are probably not even on your radar sectors that are actually the backbone of the indian economy i'm here to tell you that maybe just maybe you're looking at the talent market all wrong this is cost a company the kens work and workplaces podcast i'm your host akshaya in this episode we're going to talk about where the jobs are why looking at unconventional options may be a good thing for your career and what you can and cannot expect let's dive in interested to know what led to the hiring boom in these non-tech sectors in the first place when big tech and startups are reeling and it's such a rough time in the economy how are the banks and the healthcare companies and manufacturing companies unscathed by what's going on i turned to rupang choudhury of aon an hr consultancy firm for answers and rupang is a keen observer of the jobs market He is someone who always has a strong point of view. He came to this interview bearing notes from research reports and data sheets. What changed Rupang? How are they suddenly doing so well right now? If you look at the Indian economy, the sectors which were affected by global recession were globally facing sectors like IT, like e-commerce, like uh you know um like uh startups. but the domestic facing sector like fmcg or uh, real estate or retail or consumer or pharma uh they struggled during covid but now they're doing well they are paying higher salaries and they are the ones who are taking up a lot of the talent which is being released by the tech sector so if somebody has gone down somebody has also gained the balance has shifted but there is still a lot of people in 
the country who can afford to buy this talent and they are doing so wait rubang did you just tell me that they are paying better salaries better than tech and startups and everything right now when you have somebody reaching out for you and paying you good money not maybe as crazy as what the startups were paying last year uh you'll take it because you don't want to be laid off you want to have a job right uh also keep in mind akshaya that uh what happens is that it's a myth that the other sectors don't pay as well right look at the salary increases and i'm going to give you a snapshot for this year now he switched to a different tab and started quoting from a report about sector wise salary comparisons um e-commerce uh paid higher last year is paying lower this year same is for professional services same is for uh you know bpo uh, and uh, and and kpo but if you look at fmcg it's paying higher than last year if you see chemicals they're paying higher than last year if you see engineering manufacturing they're paying higher than last year so is the case for energy uh so is the case for life sciences so is the case for transportation so is the case for hospitality right so they may they may sound as not fancy or high paying sectors but they are paying well but the most important part that i'm coming to is even in these um sectors which are less volatile the money they pay for critical talent or tech talent is much more so even these non tech companies the money given to tech talent is much higher they are on a completely different pay scale they are on a completely different paradigm i had two major revelations while speaking with rupank one i don't know if you noticed but he said right now if someone's paying you decent money you'll take it the emphasis was on now by that he means in a very volatile job market banks and healthcare companies and automobile companies have the allure of stability in fact that's something they've always had going for them but now they're also offering great salaries which to me sounded like they had all the right ingredients to attract fine talent and a double whammy for the startups and big tech companies by the way still skepticism prevailed i had one more question for rupank how do we know that this is not a transient thing how do we know for sure that this is not a simple case of if someone's laying off then someone's got to be hiring right is this really an inflection point or just a trend that's about to fade most companies want to keep their money safe because there will be another surge once this recession lifts and they will have to go out and hire so many of the bigger tech companies are just conserving their kitty and cash to go out and hire once things improve after a couple of quarters but the demand for tech talent will be there for the next 3 to 4 years right and it is going to be more and more shifted towards the uh, sectors which have struggled to always hire in the past rupank agrees himself that big tech and startups will bounce back so then it made me wonder if it really is a trend then but he reminded me that he's not done yet there's more now look at financial services they are becoming fintech companies if you look at large organizations today in the media entertainment space they call themselves as tech companies many banks or many nbfcs call themselves tech companies why because they see themselves run like a tech company so they will want tech talent right the novelty or the dynamic is that 
it's not that only for the right now the time being that this talent is moving to non tech sectors this is going to go on for some time even when the recession lifts even when tech companies start hiring there's going to be another war for talent because the non tech sectors still want technology so the demand for this talent is only going to go up by the other sectors as well so it's not that it's 6 months uh, simply because tech sectors are laying off somebody else's hiring and then they will keep going back maybe maybe not for the question of whether or not this is a tipping point the answer is maybe maybe not the truth lies somewhere in the middle but one thing is clear things are changing the monopoly that big tech and startups hold is slowly crumbling these non tech sectors are putting up a good fight in the war for talent and as far as you are concerned it's about time to reject the aspirational pyramid where product companies and startups are at the top it service companies fall somewhere in the middle and at the bottom is a bank or a healthcare company in fact it's where you end up not choose at least that's the perception all around that's what's going to change coming up is an interesting story about how a cto from the startup world joined an asset management company and became a complete superstar after the ad break hi i'm anushka and i produce this episode that you're listening to i just wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening to cost to company what you hear and hopefully even like in this podcast the voices the narratives the analysis all of it comes from the kens newsroom this podcast is just a small but valuable sliver of our work there's a lot more at the ken we also produce insightful analytical and deeply reported business stories as well as newsletters we are a publication driven by more than 400000 registered subscribers in fact it is our subscribers who make it possible for us to produce the podcast that you're listening to there's nothing more we'd love than to have you as a subscriber too so if you'd like to experience our journalism please click the link in the show notes and sign up for free what this will do is unlock some of our best premium stories and newsletters for you immediately I really hope you enjoy these stories as much as you enjoy listening to Costco Company. Again, link to sign up for free is in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for your time and now back to Akshay. It's a large BFSI asset management company where the CHRO said that we are looking for uh somebody who is able to Uh, play a very crucial role in our digital transformation journey that's aditya narayan mishra he's the md and ceo of clhr services he's been in the recruitment industry for over two decades and his hr firm cl works with 400 odd companies across sectors here he's remembering the time he was tasked with finding someone to give a bfsi company a complete tech makeover someone who can overhaul processes and refresh systems at a large asset management company by the way aditya had his task cut out to find someone and here's what he did and uh, we had multiple rounds of consultation where we suggested that maybe we will get you 
somebody who has been a vice president or a CTO in a startup which uh, has gone through troubles right now due to the funding winter. It wasn't easy convincing a CTO, even of a struggling startup, to jump ships, to make the journey to the other side. So we had to do a lot of selling to the candidates saying that, hey, you know, you won't regret the cash that you bring home is possibly becoming like uh, 60% of what you are getting every month. However, you are trading in a lot of things, a lot of good things and a lot of possibilities. So we were able to convince and the person joined there as a vice president and uh, has been able to settle down well and the person has been able to really create a lot of uh, uh, data analytics, applied data analytics in that company so much that it is impacting their marketing efforts of that company in a significant way. Uh, And the company is so happy that they could get such a talent from the startup ecosystem. And of course, they have tried to reward the person in whatever best possible way. The candidate is very happy because the candidate gets recognition not only by the CEO and the chairman of the board, but also the candidate uh, gets to speak on the public platforms uh, about the transformation journey. So this becomes a kind of a story, almost like what he would have been able to do in that startup environment, uh, provided the startup would have succeeded. But we know the low rate of success of the startup. Aditya had many such stories. Stories of people who moved reluctantly to the old world sectors, but found immense success eventually. But he shared just one in the interest of time. So naturally, I wanted to know what other specific roles were in demand. What other roles was he tasked with finding talent for? Because you see, tech is such an umbrella term. But he says the nomenclature of these roles keep changing. But it broadly falls within six types of skill sets. The first skill set, according to Aditya, is business analysts so which are basically technocrats who understands the it part of it who also understand the requirement of the particular industry now skill number two is the software the systems are to be implemented so somebody who will build it so they are basically software developers typically the skill set which is currently in demand is full stack developers the third area is basically when the software is getting developed somebody has to test it so there are a lot of testing though there is a lot of automation which is happening in that area yet there are a lot of uh, uh, requirement of testers testing engineers for uh, those uh, projects so that's the third area then the fourth okay we are only halfway done, through the list uh, and aditya elaborates on the other three skill sets in great detail which i thought may be a little complicated for some of us to understand so i'll just walk you through this that's the fourth skill set it is the one of cloud engineering companies are keen on building their own cloud infrastructure to host these softwares then there's data engineers which is the fifth skill set who are especially in high demand in retail and consumer businesses. And lastly, cybersecurity experts, who are also becoming increasingly important for very obvious reasons, given how much we hear about data leaks and breaches every day in the news. 
So anybody who can help protect digital assets and data is going to be extremely critical. Okay, now that we know what roles are in demand, you'll start to see them everywhere. You know, one of the things which you had asked us is about what kind of people are we hiring here? So we are looking at the entire plethora. We're hiring full stack developers, data engineers, software developers, solution architects, tech leads. Uh, on the technical side, we are looking at full stack developers, DevOps engineers, again, a mix of youth as well as experience with Java and Angular developers. So pretty much we have looked at the entire length and breadth of technology and we've hired from all such people. That's Ruhi Pandey. She's the CHRO of not a tech or a product startup. Instead, of an NBFC company. It is Godrej Capital. It is the non-bank lending arm backed by the legacy company more than 100 years old, Godrej. Ruhi is hiring for every single role that Aditya had identified for us. And where from? From campuses. A lot of your questions were rounded around technology. We've hired a lot of freshers from the IITs. We bring them in, we put them through a structured learning program and then they grow into roles, uh, you know, in the technology vertical and they thrive with us. So Ruhi, you're hiring for all these roles, right? And despite salaries and roles, young people like me really do care about doing meaningful work. So do you get to do that? Do you get to challenge yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the common things which I saw as a thread is this very strong need to do meaningful work. So whoever joined us, our proposition was come here, challenges will be thrown your way. There will be a lot of innovation. So they also want to work with the snowflakes. They want to work with architectures. They want to work with new engines. So if you give them the freedom to explore new opportunities, new technologies, but with a very strong uh, grounding in the fact that all they are doing is towards solving life challenges. They are very enthused. And one of the challenges which I'm foreseeing is as we scale now, we are no more a startup. From a startup, we've come to an organization of scale. So as we grow from 1,000 to 2,000 employees, how do you ensure that these uh, building blocks of culture don't die down? Wait, um, you used to or do you still consider Godrej Capital as a startup? I would say now no more because... The startup days are over. We are a 6,000 crore AUM already. This year, we'll be reaching a 12,000 crore AUM. So uh, we have come a long way from a startup. But the ethos of the organization, the culture of the organization still remains very startup-ish. Now, what would a startup be? Very agile, very proactive, very informal, uh, very empowered. Uh, people who uh, can operate in adversity. There is no plentiful of everything. So I think these would be some of the things which you would describe as a startup. So I think we still continue to want to operate like a startup. And that urgency, that agility, we don't want to even leave when we reach scale. So we are somewhere at the midpoint. In popular imagination, legacy firms are typically cast as goliaths that will ultimately be taken down by smaller, nimbler Davids. But companies like Godrej Capital aren't waiting to be disrupted. They are making competitive moves, exploiting their strengths like how old they are, how big they are, and embracing innovation like never seen before. In a way, they are disrupting their own business models before others do. I relate everything I had learned from all my conversations to a head of HR at a well-known global venture capital firm. 
my hunch is talent moving away from big tech and startups and towards traditional firms with sound fundamentals could be making his life a little difficult so what do you think of it all two things one he does not want to be on the record two i'm over indexing on one part of the story this was his hypothesis and i'm obviously paraphrasing and referring to my hastily written notes to convey this to you but here goes anyway when layoffs happen the sense of dispensability is really really high people feel truly replaceable in times like these most of us do one of two things turn risk averse move away from jazzy tech companies and startups and choose a stable job and in india and other southeast asian economies too there is an added cultural factor incentivizing people to do something like that you see large legacy companies command a lot of brand equity and prestige it has an impact on your social standing when you tell people you work at an xyz company that may also be something that's playing into it he said on the other hand and counterintuitively enough some people choose the road less traveled too they take bigger risks and join a riskier startup in its growth stage well why would someone do that i asked him to feel valuable again he said to build something from scratch and become an indispensable part of a startup's growth journey is to take your career back in your own hands this is the flip side to what i've been arguing for for so long and while both are plausible there is not enough evidence to definitively conclude one is happening more than the other at least at this point in time but to me this was interesting because it shows how important context is to the way we make decisions in fact if you look at the world through economics we're all just economic actors making the best decisions we can with the information that we have what seems like an irrational decision to you someone joining a riskier startup after being laid off or joining a pharma company in view of job security is actually a really rational decision to them we're all responding to the macro environment in a way we see fit given our constraints given our background and given our context well what do you think about traditional firms gaining access to new talent and turning agile would you personally consider this option write to me at podcasts at the-ken.com i'll say that again it's podcasts at the-ken.com thank you for listening to costa company This episode of Cost to Company was written and hosted by Akshya Chandrasekharan, produced by Anushka Mukherjee, with audio engineering by Rajiv C N. I'm your other host Sneha, and you'll hear from me next week on Cost to Company.